HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My Family Recipe is a new podcast from Food52 and Heritage Radio Network, bringing you cherished heirloom recipes and the stories behind them. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, America's most haunted podcast about movies. That's <laughs> supposed to be about food right here on Heritage Radio Network. With me, your co-host, Space Ghost from Coast to Coast, and... Uh, Space ghost. I know, it's good. Um, <laughs> it's good. I don't know. I can't think of any cartoons from that era. Uh, the Fry Guy from... <laughs> Frylock from Aqua Teen no. Hunger Force? Yes, yeah, that guy. That's, That's you. Your beards are the same, at least. We know good. that. Glad that you knew what I was talking about. <laughs> Uh, well, that's funny because it kind of ties into what we're going to talk about later, just for a little bit, because you know that uh, MF Doom did that. Do you ever hear that record that he did um, with the Aqua Teen, like Danger Doom record? And it was like all like, like Cartoon I, Network. Yes, I believe that I did hear It was that. actually like, quite good, though, even though yeah. that was the vibe. It was a great, great record. Oh, the um, Venture Brothers. That's what I was trying to think of. Ah, well, you know what, next time. Although the show is canceled, so they won't be next time. Sorry, folks. Sorry, listener. We're never coming back. Just kidding. I was thinking that the Venture Brothers was canceled. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, how was your Halloween? Was it extra spooky or just a little bit spooky? Uh, It was a little bit spooky. Um, And then extra spooky. There was a co-worker dressed as a very scary monster-y scarecrow guy he was on stilts oh he stilts are scary made, no matter what yeah he made these like pants so they're long enough to cover up all the way to the bottom of his stilts it was mm-hmm. pretty cool but also scary it is um, cool until you think of this man in his house making long long pants all alone <laughs> that scares me more than the actual costume well i think he has roommates but um so the other thing that happened is my coworker got drunk and i had to like help her get home and vomit all the way home so i had to drive her car home so that was like the spookier end of my evening i was probably could have gotten home a couple of hours earlier but my kindness and generosity didn't allow a lot not allow that to happen well that sounds very fun i'm assuming you didn't dress up because you are a halloween scrooge unless you dress like scrooge no i don't want to dress up in a costume and I don't understand why society can't accept that (laughs) 
don't worry. I didn't dress up either. I have my dad's old uncle fester mask, which I had like, I've never put it on before. I just have it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Don't worry. I don't put it on every day. Um, we were Wednesday in Fester, I think in like the year 1994. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to sit outside, wear that Fester mask. That Fester mask was hilarious. And I put it on and I realized that like what my, I like had this weird flashback to 94 where I realized there had been no eye holes in it. <laughs> and my dad what? like had a cut eye holes. It was like a recovered memory when I looked at the thing. Cause there were like eye slits above the actual fester eyes, which were like <laughs> way above my own eyes. So I was like, I can't wear this thing. Plus it's definitely haunted. And it's like kind of, you know, when latex like crumbles after like 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> so that happened. Um, so I dressed as nothing, just a local was 1994, 25 woman. years ago. Huh? Yeah. It was 26 years ago, actually. Ooh, I know I it's like really that. upsetting. Um, I saw like a, internet meme that was like somebody said oh 30 years ago and I was like ah yes the 70s and I realized they were talking about like 1995 and to go lie down yeah it's upsetting (laughs) it's upsetting to think about um (laughs) I was invited to what I have realized shockingly was one of the only dinner parties I've ever been invited to in my whole life I went to the other day in fact it could be the only dinner party I've ever been invited to by friends. Isn't That's that, not true. Yes, it is true. I'm, I have plenty of dinner parties. They're always over here. I've never been no, invited we, to a dinner party. We went to a dinner party at Jenny and Dan's house at their new apartment. It was me and you and someone else. <laughs> we didn't eat dinner there, though, dude. We were oh, we went out to dinner. Foods. I'm never invited oh, for right. dinner ever, at, anywhere. But... That all changed this weekend when I went. Well, I don't think it has specifically anything to do with you. I just don't think people are chefs like you are, so they don't throw dinner parties. That's true. I mean, yeah. And then also, I'm widely uh, unliked by my community and my friends, obviously. You also live in New York City, so who even has enough space to have multiple people sit down at a meal with them? That's true. I just feel like most other people have been to like a lot of dinner parties, and this may have been my first one. And it shows because right after dinner... It was a really fun party. It was great. Um, it was at Adam's uh, sister's house and her wife's house, like right near me. It was really fun. Um, but like right after dinner, I'm like helping clear the table. And I said to her, I was like, uh, to the sister, I was like, hey, like, thank you so much. That was delicious. And like, we had both had a lot of wine, but per- probably particularly me. And she was like, well, you don't have to leave right now. And I was like, I wasn't trying to leave. And I was so embarrassed that she thought I was like trying to leave like immediately after I finished chewing. You know what I mean? Like I was just saying thank you. Like, because it was so fun. I wasn't trying to leave. But then like one of those social situations that you can't quite suss out in the moment. So you just have to like call it a draw and be like, this person is, thinks I'm crazy forever now. <laughs> like I was trying to leave. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm not unexperienced in dinner parties that I think you're supposed to leave the minute you stop eating. I don't think that she thought that, but this is why you're not invited to dinner parties. No, she was like, you don't have to leave right now. And I was like, I know, but she probably just was also drunk and didn't know know you very well. But it was just a very kind of funny moment where I was like, (laughs) oh no, this is, yeah, this is why I'm not invited to dinner parties. People just think I'm going to leave like immediately. I have no etiquette. Goodbye. I'm leaving. Thank you. I'm full. (laughs) I'm full now. Bye. No parlor games for me. Thank you. I will be leaving. I have another dinner party to go to. No, thank you. I got to get the fuck out of here. 
Navarro. I hardly know her. <laughs> mm. Very funny. But yeah, I carved pumpkins with my navies and uh, gave out candy to the neighborhood children, which is just absolutely adorable. Roasted a chicken, watched Halloween, and uh, I also watched a Brian De Palma movie that I had never seen, which is called, it's maybe like Looks Could Kill? or Oh yeah, that's a good one. What is it? I don't think that's right, though. The one where was Michael Caine? Yes. I think, I think that is what it's called. Yeah. Anyway, or Dress to Kill. Dress to Kill. Dress to Kill. It's Dress to Kill. Yeah. Oh my God. What a campy You've never fun seen movie. that? No, I had never seen it, but I really liked it. <laughs> it was a great yeah, Halloween kind of like whodunit. Yeah. Um, but maybe a little bit unacceptable present day. Yes. Maybe. Unacceptable, a bit transphobic <laughs> for the time. Yes. But, um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I liked it, but it was transphobic, so now I'm regretting even bringing it up. But okay. De Palma, what a director. Let's get out of this territory, shall we? Well, I just have a small update, which is the same update that you gave me yesterday about Ben Affleck, because there is nothing else in the news. I fucking told Thanks. you. This is good go- This is good gossip. This is quality gossip. I don't think this is quality gossip. But apparently he was spotted trick-or-treating with his three children who already need glasses even though they're very small and I started wearing glasses at age six so I guess I can't judge them but um, one of them is like was like a baby when she was wearing glasses I guess they have different eye technology than they did back when we were children sure um and then I don't know if JLo's kids were there too but Jennifer Garner was with all three of them and this made the news now that's an awkward dinner party no but I feel like Ben has already dated so many people. I mean, they've been divorced for quite some time. I know. These people are good at that because you know what? They don't have some of the usual, like, stress things that cause, like, so much tension and stress in a divorce, like money, for instance. And, like, I'm not going to pay alimony and I don't want to do this thing. Not to say that all rich people are generous, but I don't know. I just feel like being that type of mega rich offers you a little bit more uh, of an advantage to have a friendly, amicable uncoupling. Yeah, but I also just feel like if you have children with someone for the sake of the children, you suck it up and spend time with each other. Of course, but this is a new invention. We realize, like, largely, this did not happen, at least in anyone's family that I knew when I was growing up. All divorced people in the 1980s and 90s hated each other and were mortal enemies. I didn't know anyone's parents who, like, had this type of thing, so... This seems very shocking to me, although I deeply support it and it is the right thing to do to have healthy children. Only if my family, I'm trying to imagine my stepdad, my stepmom and my dad trick-or-treating with my mom and it's like melting my brain to even imagine it and it would have never happened. (laughs) Picture it. My dad did a fester mask. Yeah. Well, some people can do that. I don't know. Anyway, maybe at least for the cameras. Um, let's get into our topic, though, because we have a hard stop today. Um, hard. Okay, go ahead. We're doing Ghosty Shit Part 2. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And more ghosts. I Dead and loving it. I decided to just do more haunted restaurants. These ones are more like sit-down restaurants and not fast food restaurants. Um, so I just have here a list of many haunted restaurants throughout the United States, avoiding, of course, New York, because Zara already touched on those last year. 
That's uh, true. For no reason. I don't even remember why I decided to talk about that. Because it oh, was we were talking Halloween. about local foods. No, it was Halloween. No, no. Mm-mm. It was an episode where we were talking about like hometown stuff and you talked about pawpaws. And I talked about haunted restaurants on Long Island. Oh, yeah, but that was so, this which, year. I'm talking about it was. last year when you talked about haunted New York restaurants during our Halloween oh, month. Oh, yes, I did that. I've talked, I guess I've talked a lot about haunted restaurants. I want to mention just briefly that this reminds me that somebody um, told me the other day that there is a pawpaw tree in our neighborhood. There is? There is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they tell you I that because they one. heard the episode or just randomly... No, he was just like spouting out facts. I'm not really sure why, how it came up. Oh, I think I was saying I did. Oh, you know what? I got a passion fruit seltzer when I was handing out um, candy. Mm -hmm. And then I said, I don't like passion fruit. I thought this was (laughs) pomplemousse. And then he said, and then I said, I'm not really like a huge fan of tropical fruits. And then this gentleman, my friend, Kari's friend said, oh, there's a motherfucking pawpaw tree around the corner. And that was it. Hmm. Well, I don't even know if that's a tropical fruit because its native growing area is here. That's true. It's not tropical whatsoever, but it tastes tropical. It, I think we can all agree on yes. that. Yes. Okay, great. Here I go. Um, the first restaurant that I have here is Muriel's in New Orleans, the most haunted town in America, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so this restaurant was built in 1718, which is a long time ago, 30 years ago. Um, every night they leave one table unseated at this restaurant, um, but they set it up with tableware, bread, and wine. And it's for the undead previous owner. I say undead. I think he's really maybe dead. Um, Joe Biden. And (laughs) his name is, forgive me for this, Pierre Antoine Lepardi Jordan. (laughs) Oh, say magnifique. Um, he died on the second floor of the restaurant in 1814 after losing a poker game but they still see him around, and every night they set a table for him, which seems insane to me, but whatever. New Orleans is a spooky place. <laughs> um, the second restaurant is called Scarlet O'Hara's, which I think is the funniest name for a restaurant that happens to be in Florida. <laughs> ah, it would be funnier if it was, like, in Queens. Yeah. So Scarlet O'Hara's uh, in Augustine, Florida, was formerly a house built in 1879, but now it's a restaurant. Um, it's haunted by the ghost of the original owner-builder. His name is George Coley. Um, also, there was a period of time when I was a young person that my mom tried to call me Coley as a nickname, and I would not have it. Didn't stick? No. Should we try to bring it back? No, I hate it. Okay. I think it's adorable. Shut up. So... <laughs> <laughs> How dare, fine, I'll fuck, I will shut up. I'm not going to talk for the rest of the podcast. Thank God. Go ahead. Okay. So George Coley, my namesake, died in a bathtub after his fiance left him for another man. Um, And so this was on the second floor. So on the second floor of this restaurant, there's a bar called the Ghost Bar where this guy allegedly hangs out, probably dripping wet, I guess, because of the bathtub incident. Um, The next restaurant is, don't actually not talk because the, <laughs> the people you can feel my absence. Can't people, you? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're going to punish me and the listeners will be like, this is so stupid. I'm tearing this off. <laughs> I'm your, look, I'm your sidekick. I'm your fucking, uh, Ed McMahon. You need me. That's, just admit it. Yeah. I'm your fucking Jeffrey. I was going to say Jeffrey Tubman, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Tambor on Epstein. the Larry Sanders show. 
You're yes, right, I'm the Jeffrey Epstein to your whatever <laughs> that woman's name was that he Jizz Lane. Um, okay. Mm. <laughs> um, the next restaurant is called Pugin's Porch. Uh oh, Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, originally a Victorian home built in the year 1888. The owner had a dog named Pugin, which is a mean thing to do to your dog. <laughs> but just wait. Rudest dog name. They're meaner to him in just a minute. Um, these turds left the house and moved somewhere else, but they left Pugin behind. <gasps> and then... Pugin, no, why? He died of neglect, and now he runs around in the restaurant as a canine ghost, as the article said. <laughs> Literal ghost dog? Um, the original ghost dog. He is the original ghost dog. And um, <laughs> Somebody tell Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> I mean, I think that that movie is based on this story. On Pugin's porch. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but this dog ghost is not the only ghost. There's another ghost that lives there named Zoe St. Armand who owned the house Whoa. in the early 1800s and went crazy after her sister died. And we can only assume that they were having a love affair. Um, who, her and her sister? Yeah, when else would she go crazy after her sister died? A love affair? The two of them? I did, wouldn't have even considered it. Well, that was what I oh, interesting. Anyway, she went huh. so crazy that she fell down the stairs and immediately started haunting the place. <laughs> <laughs> just like fell down the stairs died got right back up started haunting yes time to haunt waste make haste um the next place is succotash in kansas city missouri succotash is a popular brunch spot but once it was a saloon called dutch hill bar and grill which is a cute rhyming name <laughs> yeah, adorable uh yeah. it was there like a hundred years ago um in the 1970s <laughs> <laughs> um and an old regular haunts the bar and the way that you know that he's there is you can smell cigar smoke sometimes walking through the bar area uh, oh, wow. and the regular's name was that. radar he could always be seen sitting at the bar smoking a cigarillo and having a cocktail oh my god that's amazing yeah that's cool um moon river brewing company in savannah georgia this restaurant was built in 1821 but it was actually a hotel back then and a hospital for Civil War victims during the war. Um, allegedly, the upper floors are so haunted that renovations are never complete. <laughs> but that just means to me that the owners are too cheap to finish their renovations. Um, if you go to the website of this place, there's a really bad poem about the haunted restaurant. Um, but Could you recite it to us in a singing voice? No, I thought about reciting it, but, but it's really long and stupid. But um, mm. they, it rhymes. And they don't really know, there's no specific ghost that haunts the place. It just has, like, bad energy and whatever. They don't really know. It's probably a lie. Um, the Whitney in Detroit, Michigan, was built in 1893 as a private home, but it became a restaurant in 1987. Um, the elevator moves up and down on its own. There's a crying woman in the women's bathroom. I don't know why they're always in the bathroom. Oh, my God. Can I take a quick, I just need a quick story here. It's funny because I was talking about Seal with my friend Dave earlier. Uh -huh. um, so I don't know if you remember the story about when I got tricked into seeing a Seal concert. Not really tricked. Preston, Breton's boyfriend, had extra tickets to a Seal concert. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll go to that. It would never occurred to me before. So we go. We get super stoned. I go to the bathroom. I'm really high. And, like, I hear this woman saying, like, to the, you know, bathroom attendant, like, you know, I love him. I've seen him, like, 
10 times. I have all of his albums. And then I open the door to the bathroom and all of a sudden her smile turns into a frown and she starts crying. She goes, but whatever did he, what did he ever do for me? And she like slams her fist down and starts like fucking going off about how Seal has never returned the favor, hysterically crying. And then I was so high that I went back to my seat and I was like, Breton, I'm worried about Seal. <laughs> like I thought this woman was going to like attack him. Anyway. <laughs> Breton, we have to get a message to Seal right away. <laughs> anyway, it just reminded me of a crying woman in the bathroom. Um, yeah, well, I guess it's true. You do a lot of your crying in the bathroom so people don't see you. I guess that's why the ghosts just keep going back in there. But um, if you're see-through, no one can see you crying wherever you are, you know? That's true. You could cry anywhere. Um, there have been apparitions that appear in photos at this place. And they also have a ghost bar upstairs. Which came first? I don't know. <laughs> um, the final place that I have here is Old Town Pizza in Portland, Oregon. This restaurant Ooh. was opened in 1974, <laughs> but it's in the lobby of the Merchant Hotel, which is one of the oldest buildings in Portland. Um, it has its own special ghost, Nina, who's been there for over 100 years, which sounds boring to me. Um, she, ha- <laughs> she hangs out in the basement, or sometimes she hangs out near guests while they're eating, which is rude, Nina. Yeah, not cool, Nina. Um, allegedly, she was killed and left in the elevator shaft, and that's why she's hanging out there all the time. They, to honor her ghost, have a dish on their menu called the ghost pie, which I'm sure she appreciates. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Just like an invisible? It's just a, an empty plate. They're like you just have to imagine it. Mm-hmm. It's an yeah. I didn't. I didn't investigate. I bet it's probably like a chocolate peanut butter pie, the worst pie that there is. Come on, that's not the worst pie that there is. Huckleberry pie, which is probably the worst pie. Right? Gooseberry pie? Gooseberry pie, or like, I don't know. I like pie. I mean, I like most foods, but I can't. I like peanut butter and chocolate a lot. So to me, that would be one of the best pies, actually. I just don't like that kind of dense, thick dessert. <laughs> yeah, like stick to the roof of your mouth. This, this pie is going to stick to your ribs. <laughs> It's like peanut butter and cream cheese mixed together, and that's what the filling is. And that, to me, is like, no. No, I feel you. I'm not really like um, a cheesecake person. I just like the concept of peanut butter and chocolate together, but I'm not like a a cheesecake person because, like, essentially, if you eat any kind of cheesecake, you're eating, like, a whole brick of cream cheese in one slice. That's too much. Well, I don't think that there's (laughs) – how many bricks of (laughs) cream cheese do you think are in a cheesecake? Like, I don't know, (laughs) ten? Isn't it just like cream cheese? And I've never made cheesecake. I've made a lot of ricotta cheesecake, but that's much more elegant. Um, It's cream cheese. And then there's something else in there too. Eggs. Well, obviously eggs and like sugar, but there's some other like something else. I don't know. My mom used to make really good New York style cheesecake. I mean, look, if we go to like have dinner at Keen's or something and somebody orders a cheesecake for the table for dessert, I will definitely have a forkful. But I would never like make it for personally I would never make it for like dessert if I was hosting a dinner party um because I just would feel so full eating like a whole slice of cheesecake like it just doesn't seem like something I could use a whole slice of yeah although you know I'm constantly evolving so (laughs) (laughs) maybe one of these maybe next year (laughs) um yeah I think it is just cream cheese and eggs and sugar but that's fine cream cheese also isn't is great 
Uh, yeah, I like cream cheese too. Like, and if you go to, but I, I rarely encounter it. If you go to the bodega in New York City, they give you ten bricks of cream cheese on every bagel that you order. I know. Why do they give? Like most people squish fifty percent or more of the cream cheese off of a bagel that you get in New York. Like, I'm not really sure. Why don't they just start at a regular amount of cream cheese, like a light amount, and then someone could be like extra heavy cream cheese extra if cream. you want like a full brick. <laughs> They just I haven't had like, a bagel in like two years, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know I kind of want one, but I'm gonna like wag my finger at the uh, at the bagel maker. Yeah, be like, don't you overstuff my bagel with too much cream cheese, sir, madam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's really intense. Um, okay, should we take a quick break? Yes. Okay, here we are. We're going on a break. Everybody, relax. It's gonna be fine. We'll be back soon. Bye. Good food is worth a thousand words. This is Arthi Menon, and I'm delighted to share a new podcast with you. My Family Recipe from Food 52 and Heritage Radio Network. Adapted from Food 52's much-loved column of the same name, the My Family Recipe podcast will bring its pages to life. Each episode of My Family Recipe brings you a cherished heirloom recipe and the story behind it from voices across the world of food. We'd open these tubs of dough and they would exhaust these incredible yeasty fumes and it just smelled like nothing else. It was so intoxicating. I'll interview writers and chefs, parents and children about what's passed down along with the foods that we know and love. Chinese people aren't like born with a download on how to like velvet chicken. You know, like that's not something that just like comes to you. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Wow, I was holding my breath that whole time. <laughs> Why did it sound like you're burping and throwing up at the same time? <laughs> well, I held my breath for so long that I had to throw up <laughs> when I stopped holding it. Throw up came out. Uh, um, great. Okay. Well, Nicole, I have some bad news and some good news for you. Okay. <laughs> so part of the reason that we're doing a two-part episode on ghosts is because our good friend Becky the other day at the aforementioned dinner party I was at uh, and tried to leave immediately after my last bite was swallowed. Um, before the cheesecake was even served. Before they could even have a chance to give me any cheesecake. <laughs> I was out of there. But um, so Becky was like, we were talking about last week's episode and she was like, did you, because she saw our Instagram post, she's like, did you do the story of Ghostface? And I was like, I didn't, but that was foolish because Ghostface ha- is probably the most prolific, well, the, one of the most prolific rappers of all time, but certainly has written so many, like, you know, raps about, uh, raps, oh my God, I'm 85, so many rhymes about food. He's making the raps about food every day. <laughs> so he's definitely made a lot of raps about food, but no, uh, Ghostface has written tons of rhymes that have food references. And I was like, this is going to be a piece of cake, no pun intended. So as I was doing my research, I was like, "Uh Oh, SpaghettiO, I'm going to have to, as a nearly 40 year old white lady, read a bunch of rhymes that Ghostface read on the podcast. And I simply cannot subject anyone to that. No. So <clears throat> I had to take a swift left turn. Now I do want to mention um, that we did used to have a ghost face, uh, like poster, not, it wasn't a poster. It was like a handwritten chalkboard, but we kept it up in the back room of Brucey forever. 
that said strawberry kiwi big ziti in reference to one of like the greatest lines of all time from Apollo kids um, in which he like referenced this raps like ZD facing me real TV crash at high speed strawberry kiwi. Aren't you glad you don't have to listen to a half an hour of me doing that? But anyway, yes. strawberry kiwi's big ZD got ordered. Did you, did anyone ever try to order it from you? No. Okay, people used to try to order it all the time. They were like, well, if the strawberry kiwi big ziti, we're like, that's a ghost face rhyme. Also, you just want to like offhandedly order that, not knowing anything about it. Also, <laughs> um, strawberry kiwi big ziti sounds horrible. <laughs> I, exactly. It's like the worst. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, I will mention a couple Did things. Did you ever try ghost- to make it? Of course not. I don't <laughs> fucking like kiwi at all. It's one of the only things I'm not interested in eating. Oh, I'm man. like, it's so hairy, and I'm always afraid I'll be allergic to it. So no, I never made it. But God bless. Anyone kiwis who are wants good. They're just that. you don't have to eat the hairy part if you don't want to. Nah, I'm not, I'm good on kiwis. Um, but anyway, check out Ghostface. You love him. You know him. Supreme clientele is the greatest rap record of all time, in my opinion. Very good. And that's all you need to know, except for the fact that apparently his favorite food is quote from this is a quoted from some weird listicle. His favorite food is fried fish halibut. <laughs> fried fish halibut? Exactly. Huh. So anyway. Um instead, I decided because today is the day Dios de los Muertos, the uh, Mexican holiday of the Day of the Dead. I thought we would talk a little bit, again, as a white woman, I would describe the Day of the Dead <laughs> to our listeners. And also, as a white woman, I will tell everyone who doesn't know that I have a Day of the Dead tattoo prominently displayed on my forearm. <laughs> oh, you do? That's a cool tattoo. It is cool, but you know. Yeah. Well, look, some of us watch, what did I watch? The Brian De Palma movie? Hard to Kill? No, that's a Dress- Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> what was it called? Dress to Kill. Dress to kill. Um, and some people get Day of the Dead tattoos. Uh, anyway, the, it is very interesting and it's awesome. Uh, the, the real reason I decided to do this is because I have a new friend and like a former processing guest who called me last night to just was so sweet to just tell me about how much processing meant to her and it's changed her life and how she was finally getting up the courage to... Um, kind of deal with her sister's passing like years after it happened. And one of the ways in which she was doing that um, was to, you know, because it's part of their culture uh, to celebrate by making uh, an altar and like remembering her sister that way. And I thought it was really sweet. And I was like, you know what? I feel like it'd be cool to talk about this because there's some like amazing traditions associated with it. And it kind of puts a spin on death that I wish we had more in this country, which is not to like just fear it, but kind of like, celebrate it and remember people who died and think about them in a positive way and I didn't really know that much about the day that I to be honest I hadn't really ever I thought into it that when much. you told me what you were doing today that you were doing the movie day of the dead <laughs> is that a zombie movie yeah <clears throat> no no Mm-mm. no I'm gonna talk about the dia de muertos or they also call it the dia de los muertos and it is according to Wikipedia. Oh, I got a lot of information from Decoding the Food and Drink on the Day of the Dead altar by Karen Castillo uh, Farfan and an amazing LA Times story that just came out a couple days ago by Steve Padilla. Um, so according to Wikipedia, the Day of the Dead is a holiday celebrated from October 31st through November 2nd. 
Um, and sometimes it includes like November 6th and there's some other days depending on where it's being celebrated that they celebrate additionally. Um, it's largely celebrated in where it or originated in Mexico. Um, but it is celebrated in other places where, where there are like large Mexican populations outside of Mexico. Um, and then it's associated with Western Christian all Hallowtide observances of All Hallows Eve, All Saints Day, and All Souls Day. It has a much less solemn tone and is portrayed as a holiday of joyful celebration rather than mourning. Have you ever been to any kind of um, Day of the Dead celebration or known mm -hmm. anyone, Mexican people that have celebrated it? I don't think so. Yeah, I feel like it's just, again, like very a very cool thing to, as someone I, who myself has lost, you know, my dad, like, and other people that I've cared about in my life, I love to think about being able to kind of like, cause so often it's dark, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it feels like you're only meant to like remember people in this kind of really somber way. And I think it's really awesome to, to think of it like this. So, um, like family and friends gather and they pay respects to family members who have died. Um, they take on like a humorous tone. People remember funny events and anecdotes about people who died. Uh, Pre-Hispanic people called the Ixpatal, um, a Nahutal word meaning an image acting as a substitute of someone or something, fits neatly with the omnipresent concept of the duality in pre-Hispanic thought. Life and death, for example, were seen as existing comfortably side by side and not in opposition. More uh, yin and yang than before and after. We can't quote, we can't be alive if we are not dying. We are dying and living at the same time. Uh, and that is according to Martha Ramirez Oropaza, who is a professor of uh, Chinchina and Central American Studies at the department, in the department at UCLA. And she was the kind of primary source for this really great article that came out in the LA Times a few days ago. Um, so they used a ton, there's like a ton of food that's used in the celebration of Day of the Dead. Um, the use of foods to honor and welcome the dead has roots that stretch back to the Aztec creationist myths. Uh, Ramirez Olparza recounts the story of how God, the god Quisacotel and his twin Zotel uh, journeyed to Mictalan, the land of the dead, to retrieve bones that were used to create human beings. And basically, as this myth goes, this... <clears throat> um, this goddess helps to create a human by grinding it down in the same kind of method that they use to grind corn to make tamales and to make tortillas and stuff like that. They grind um, up the bones? Exactly. So in this myth, she's grinding the bones to make a person. And so like food has always kind of been tied to the tradition of Day of the Dead. Okay, but if she's using bones to make a person, where did those bones come from if this is the first person? The bones were retrieved uh, in the land of the dead. So when Quisacotel and his twin Zotal journeyed to Mictalan, the land of the dead, they retrieved bones and then brought bones back to grind them down the way they use corn to make new humans out of the old bones. Out of the old humans. Exactly. No, no, no. It's just about like reincarnating the dead, I guess. Um, <clears throat> they developed the Day of the Dead ritual about 3,000 years ago. And by they, I mean the Aztecs. Um, the Aztecs celebrated their lives and welcomed the return of the spirits to the land of the living once per year. So according again to Ramirez 
Oropesa, uh, when we are cooking, heating a tortilla or whatever, we are doing that too symbolically, symbolically, and we are recreating ourselves. Um, okay, so here are some of the traditions that are associated with the day. Um, the soul, the the celebration isn't just about celebrating the dead. It's also you like give gifts to friends. You give them they're like most popular thing to give out is like sugar candy skulls. So kind of like the skull you have tattooed, but made out of sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, people share that with friends. People also have this tradition of writing lighthearted and irreverent verses and like mock epitaphs and giving them to friends, which prompted <laughs> me to ask, like, if you want to write a mock epitaph for me, what would you say? I can't do it off the top of my head. You should have warned me about this. I would have written, here lies Nicole. She had a lot of denim. <laughs> okay. I'll write, here lies Zara. She hates kiwi and cheesecake. <laughs> do not make her a kiwi flavored cheesecake or she will rise out from the dead and bring you down with her <clears throat> um okay so sugar skulls tamales and alcoholic spirits are offerings or offerendas that you might find on altars um for the day of the dead to entice those who passed away to come back to the other side for a visit which i love and this is maybe like a little too honest for our our movie podcast but um, I wish all the time that my dad would come back and just have like, I, w- I wish I'd be haunted. So I, I didn't do anything yesterday for this, but I'm going to try to make like a little food offering today and see if maybe he visits me as a ghost. Are you going to fill really up the Fester's mask with spaghetti? Yes, I will <laughs> fill the Fester's mask with baked beans and hamburger meat. <laughs> Ketchup. Get over here, you nutty old ghost. Let's watch law and order together okay (laughs) um okay so yeah it's a joyous occasion people gather with family and they talk about people who have died so sugar skulls um are uh, elaborately decorated skulls that are crafted from pure sugar and given to friends as gifts there are colorful designs that represent vitality of life and individ and an individual personality so they're kind of tailored to you know try to fit what the person's personality was the ancestors favorite meals are placed on the altar as offerings tamales according to the la times um on the authorenda the pan and other foodstuffs mole tamales fruits nuts are represented uh representative of the earth among the nahua people in puebla tamales play a vital role serving as a host for the visiting spirits the masa is the body uh, the filling, the bodily liquids, and the corn husk or wrapper or hoja are the coffin. So I think that's very interesting. Also, tamales are fucking delicious. Very good. But I don't like to think about bodily liquids. I will only be able to think about bodily <laughs> liquids next time I sink my teeth into a delicious tamale. I got the number. I have a super secret number for uh, a gentleman that makes the most delicious tamales ever. And you have to kind of like, text him and set up but he'll make them for you and they're truly the greatest most like a drug tamales. deal yeah kind of but a tamale deal huh. and uh yeah it's really good we had them at nora's my friend nora's 40th birthday party and then i got some to bring out for my stepdad's party and let me tell you they're really good um how did you get the number i got it from nora oh but i had to pay her a thousand dollars for it <laughs> Is that true? No, of course not. <laughs> <clears throat> um, no, I just said pretty please. I asked very nicely. 
the one of the other really popular things you always see on uh, the Day of the Dead is Pan de Muertos, which is, uh, I guess, you know, dead bread, literally translate to bread, bread dead, bread of the dead, <laughs> bread dead, drop dead Fred, bread dead. Um, <laughs> so <clears throat> there's semi-sweet breads that are baked in the shape of bones and dusted with sugar. Uh, and they're also meant to represent the soil as well as the dead bodies. Um, seeds are very popular. Pumpkin or amaranth seeds are offered as snacks for the visiting ancestral spirits. In pre-Columbian times, Aztec used amaranth seeds instead of sugar to make the sugar skulls. Oh, interesting. Pretty cool. Uh, alcohol is super popular. Um, bottles are offered to toast the arrival of ancestors. Also in pre-Columbian times, uh, pulque, a beverage made from sap of a magui or agave plant, was reserved for a special spiritual ceremony today. Any alcoholic beverage favored by the dead can be used to toast. Nicole, hmm. um, I would obviously snap into a Sparks if you passed away. Sparks! Oh my God, I love that drink. Your favorite drink. That's what you should definitely have on my altar. If you okay, can find fair. them, you need to start finding them before I die because I don't think they make them anymore. So I'll hoard to- them. That and Fuego. What don't you like that too? Fuego? What's Fuego? Fuego and Sparks? Your favorite insane clown posse drink. Oh, that's Fago. Right, Fago. Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon. Pardon. Um, um, yeah, sure. Give me some diet pineapple Fago and stick it on. Okay. Oh, that sounds delicious. Diet pineapple. Yes, please. Monarch butterflies, also popular. Uh, not necessarily a food, but <laughs> something you put on. Well, that could be. Um, I was just thinking of like opening your mouth to yawn and a butterfly like flies in and then you <laughs> accidentally eat it. Um... These butterflies, which migrate to Mexico each fall, were believed to be the spirits of ancestors coming to visit, which I think made me cry last night when I was reading this because I'm PMSing. Um, Photographs are also put on the altar. Uh, Images of loved ones who have died are placed on the altar. That seems pretty obvious. Um, And then papel picado, a delicately decorated tissue paper, represents the wind and the fragility of life. Um, and then this I thought was very cool, that dogs and candles are all, I don't know how you put a dog on the altar, but maybe like a little like fake dog or something, like maybe a wooden dog or, or a dead maybe dog, a, a dead dog's body. Dogs <laughs> were believed to guide ancestral spirits to their final resting place in the afterlife. Aww. Candles represent fire and the light guiding them back to visit the land of the living, which really also makes me think of my dad because he had these, this dog he loved, um, when he when he died and the day that he ended up passing away i we were supposed to move him to a hospice facility but he like died before we could bring him there because i think he just really didn't want to go but i had said that that morning that i was going to sneak his dog bob into the hospital i never did but i just think it's so interesting maybe he was there in spirit um so anyway, then one more thing I wanted to say, according to this woman and who was, as I mentioned, kind of had a, a lot to say in the LA Times article, um, she says, quote, and so individually, but also as a community with food, we remember those who have gone before us. And that was very sweet. That is sweet. Yeah. So again, um, thank you for bearing with me in my... Uh, <laughs> explanation from a white lady what the Dia de los Muertos is but I did think it was interesting in that I wanted to kind of just talk about some of the food stuff and how cool it is and I wish that we had some kind of way of really uh celebrating that because it can put such a better spin on something that can be so hard 
Yeah. <clears throat> it sort of makes me think of like the the Irish wake thing mm-hmm. where you're kind of getting really drunk and celebrating the dead person and telling jokes about them. Yeah, I mean, like it can be that way too. We don't have to just always there's so many things that you can feel when someone dies. Like when my dad died, my mom came to my parents were divorced. Obviously, you know that, but anyone listening who doesn't know that, but my mom came down to help me and she came to visit and we went out and had like the most fun dinner. We went and drank like Manhattans and ate steak and did my dad's kind of favorite things and laughed and laughed. And it was helpful. You know, like it doesn't always have to be like one way. Uh, And other times after that were really hard. And sometimes they still are, but like, it's such an interesting, it can be such an interesting experience when someone passes away. I mean, sometimes it's so tragic that it's really hard to do that at all or definitely right away. But, you know, there's space to remember people in all kinds of different ways. And I think it's cool to like have, it'd be part of the culture instead of be such a bunch of fucking pilgrims like we are in this country pretending like emotions are not real (laughs) you know it's like yeah man don't grieve don't laugh don't celebrate don't be like i don't know it's just very fucking boring and stupid here yeah we get it move to mexico yeah um so i am gonna ask you a surprise question which i always do so well with I know. I'm going to put you right on the spot, but don't worry. I'm putting myself on the spot. I just thought of this just now. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So in their theme of ghosts and food, who, and, and also your very favorite, not corny at all question about who you would want to have dinner with, who <sighs> dead people you'd want to have dinner with. <laughs> like, That's like the worst thing. If you want a first date with someone, they're like, so if you could go out to, di- <laughs> if you could have dinner with three people alive or dead, who would it be? I'm and like, be like, I don't know. I'm leaving. Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> and fucking Bar- some other Steen. The cookie monster, <laughs> Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> and Lizzie Borden. who would yours be (laughs) Mm, I don't know I don't think about dead people very often that I would want to hang out with and now so many of them are like we're like oh my god all old white dudes were so horrible um so I guess I would like to eat dinner with mm, it's too hard um young Shirley MacLaine um, she's alive i said young shirley mclean <laughs> oh okay fine listen to me mm-hmm. um and because she's like old as hell now so she probably won't be able to like chew off all of her food and stuff uh <laughs> <laughs> that's fucked up it's ages. hopefully she's not listening anymore <laughs> <laughs> um okay so young shirley mclean and then maybe like audrey hepburn also, mm. you, you know, she can be of any age. Um, <clears throat> and then Tim Roth. Tim Roth is alive. Young Tim Roth, then. You're not, you're supposed to say people who are ghosts, Nicole. No, the question is, who would you want to have dinner with, living or dead? Okay, fine. Um, this is what you get for putting me on the spot. You can't be mad. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Okay, fine. I'll do a one alive person then too. <laughs> okay. Mine are, I'm going to say Gary Shandling one, because I love Gary Shandling and he's amazing and hilarious. And two, because I've been just 
binge watching the shit out of the Larry Sanders show. Oh, Let yeah. me tell you. Oof, is there a better show ever made? I'm not really sure. I need to watch that again. I started watching it and then I stopped. Um, it's great. I mean, it's just wonderful and there's lots of episodes and everyone is absolute perfection. Rip Torn. Again, I would also invite Rip Torn. I would just like have dinner with the cast of the Larry Sanders show. Yeah, that's... Janine Garofalo's on there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jeffrey Tambor, although I know we're not supposed to like him anymore. Um, but yeah, great show. Uh, Richard Pryor. Oh, yeah, okay. I think would be an incredibly entertaining dinner guest. Oh, Um, yeah. I want to add Gene Wilder to my group of dead. Gene Wilder. They were in a movie together. What was that movie they made together? They made two movies together. Um, Maybe three. They did not like each other, though. They like trading. Definitely not three. They didn't like each other at all. They hated each other. Did they do trading Trading spaces? Trading places. And there's another one they did together. Yeah, you're right. It's like or they're in jail movie. or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember. Um, but in that book, I was just listening to the comedians. <clears throat> they didn't like each other. Well, Gene you know Wilder that? seems like kind of a square. Like I read um, his wife Gilda Radner's autobiography, and she just—I mean, she was like totally in love with this guy. But he seems kind of like a stick up his ass kind of a guy. <laughs> Gene Wilder. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? Since you said Gene Wilder, I'm going to add to my list. I had um, somebody else, but I'm going to add Gilda Radner. Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. Oh, my God. And Chevy Chase, because he's a notorious asshole, but he's alive. He's alive. But you can have young Chevy Chase when he's super hot. Dude, young motherfucking Chevy Chase could absolutely catch it, although he was a super cokehead and like an extreme dick, but like so hot. Honestly, even up to like Christmas vacation, he was still fine. But something happened shortly after that, and he really is just unsightly now. Yeah, well, it's gonna happen to all of us. So they did do three movies together: Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Um, oh, Stir Crazy is the one where they're in jail. Right, 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 right. See no evil, hear no evil is where one is blind and one is deaf maybe right and then another you which is sort of like trading spaces but trading spaces is not gene wilder the trading places is with yes eddie murphy yeah and dan yeah but maybe it's a remake of another you who the hell knows um i don't really know what another you is but i've seen the other one too what is your favorite movie about ghosts my favorite movie about ghosts is I do like the movie Ghost a lot. Yeah, that's a great movie. Patrick. Oh my God, I met a dog named Swayze yesterday and it <laughs> jumped on me. It was a little puppy and I <laughs> bent down to pet it and I go, oh my goodness, I love you. Marry me. Like I like to say to most dogs. Mm-hmm. And then um, I said to the owner, I says to the guy, I says, what's this motherfucking dog's name? <laughs> he goes, this is Swayze. I said, wow, it's meant to be. Also, me Patrick Swayze. Swayze can come to my dinner as well. That would be another, yeah, we should just throw like a proper dinner party, but then ask everyone to leave immediately after (laughs) the salad course. (laughs) Bye. Go away. Ghosts. What's your favorite? Go away, ghost. Ghost movie. Focus. Um, my favorite ghost movie is The Sixth Sense. Just kidding. Um, I mean, I really like the movie Ghost Story. What's that? The David Lowry movie with, uh, Casey Affleck and, uh, Rooney Mara. Mm, yeah, but that's not spooky. 
It's not, but it's a movie about a ghost and it's really fucking good. It's like a very, very good movie. And I know Casey Affleck, whatever, like, but he's really barely in it. He's mostly under a sheet. (laughs) Yeah, it could have been his stunt double the whole time. It could have been. Um, it's a it's a really good movie though. I really like David Lauer. He's a good director. I also really like the others. I just rewatched that. That's good and spooky. Yes, it is. I accidentally watched The Beguiled the other night because I thought it was the others. What's, right? Isn't Nicole Kidman in the others too? Yeah. What is The Beguiled? The Beguiled is like a remake of an older movie that is like a Sophie. It's a Sophia Coppola joint. And um, it's like Kirsten Dunst and Elle Fanning and Nicole Kidman and um, oh, Colin Farrell. Oh, yes. And I saw like, that in the theaters. It is a remake. Yeah. And it's good, but it's not spooky. I thought it was the others. I'm like waiting for a ghost to appear. And that <laughs> is when I had to divert my attention to, what is it? The Brian De Palma movie? Hot Body? Uh, <laughs> Why can't I remember the name of this Dress movie? to Kill. Dress to Kill. That's when I like was like, well, I'll try Dress to Kill. Because I was like, I'm not going to fucking watch. I mean, that other movie, The Beguiled, is good, but it's not scary or spooky at all. Well, and that reminds me, there is this like movie starring Nicole Kidman that is vaguely a ghost story. It's called Birth, and it's like old. It came out in, like I don't know, the 90s, I think. And um, the premise is that like her husband dies, and then this kid who lives in her you know, expensive Manhattan building her neighbor kid like comes over to her house and she's like, I'm your husband reincarnated. The little kid says that. And then she basically <laughs> proceeds to believe him. And then lots of uncomfortableness ensues. Oh God. It's no, really, I really like that movie. Oh great. I'll watch it. A lot of people don't like it. <laughs> See, but I'm, I... I'm growing. What? What? I said, no, thank you. And then you said, it's good. I said, okay, I'll watch it. And then I said, then I says to the guy, I says, See how I'm growing. Yeah, you're growing. Eat a kiwi and a cheesecake and watch birth. <laughs> um, do you consider, we have to go, but do you consider a movie that you recommended to me, which I really love, um, Heaven Can Wait, The Foreign <laughs> Baby? Oh, yeah. Is that a ghost movie? Kind of. Of course. Of. Kind of, yeah. That's a good movie. I love that movie. He's... And then similarly, sorry, what were we going to say? Nothing. I was just going to say he is dead, isn't it? He is sure is dead. And then uh, a similar kind of movie, the movie with Lily Tomlin and Steve Martin, All of Me. I've still never seen that. I mean, oh I my saw God, it when that I was young. amazing. Yeah. <coughs> it's really good. Okay, guys. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in to our, again, our haunted movie podcast. <laughs> um, we love you. Hey, look, listen, listener, you like this show, don't you? You love this. Let's be honest. You love it you listen to it over and over again. So that's why you should go ahead and head on over to your iPhone and leave us a rating, a review, and a subscription. Right, Nicole? Yes, leave us a subscription to a magazine of your choice. Please. Like in the <laughs> Columbia Music House, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the BMG. <laughs> now that's what I call music. All that should be for us. Now that's what I call a podcast volume one. Um Okay, guys, we love you very much. Thank you for tuning in to the most haunted podcast in modern history. Love you. Hasta la pasta. Goodbye. Bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio.
You can also find us at facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.